Happy Money Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast presented by WinJet Inc. and WinJet Radio Network. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our featured guest for this week is my friend, Tima Alasia. Tima helps people all around the world to understand their potential is limitless, truly. Most importantly, inspire those to take action that be the person they always wanted to be and construct this within themselves. It is truly remarkable what this woman has done in her career. But in my opinion, she's only scratched the surface. She has gone from financial advisor to fashion designer, over 11 million downloads and views on LinkedIn. She also helps some industry leaders and CEOs and business executives on how to get more visibility on LinkedIn. From her raising our vibration to be able to polarize out to elevate others to elevate herself, she has gained enough confidence to be a keynote speaker, TV presenter, now her newest challenge, becoming a podcasting host. Her new show, Deconstructing Success, which the title says it all. The outcome that she's searching for her show is to focus on intimate conversations with very successful CEOs, founders, athletes, experts, and industry leaders all around the world with asking them the right questions while deconstructing their success process, mindset, life philosophy, and how they continue to achieve success. And be on the lookout for yours truly's episode coming up soon on her show. Before we kick this up a couple notches, stand by for a quick message and let's go ahead and have some fun. See you on the other side. Hi there, this is Wes Bays, co-founder of Winject Media Network and Winject Inc. Before we continue the show, I want to ask you a question. How would you like to gain access to behind-the-scenes footage, weekly live training with Chris and myself, as well as exclusive access to impactful segments of our shows that you can't get anywhere else? If that's you, here's what you need to do. Like and follow our Winject Facebook page, and on that page, you'll see a button on the right-hand corner with the title, Join Our Private Group. Click on that button and you'll be given instructions on how to do just that. Now, don't miss out on an opportunity to gain access to what people are calling the best content to grow and scale your life and business. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our show. What is up, everybody? And as you probably would notice, I have... I wouldn't even, I don't even know how to really frame this. And I've been thinking about this team for probably the last couple hours before we led up to this, you know, obviously interview and how to really frame how important it is to, for me to have you on the show and how excited I am to have you on this show because our friendship and, you know, our business relationship, and there's so many things that we've, you know, we've had conversations over probably the last like seven, eight months. It's led us to now. And I feel like I guess we waited to the last of the year to finally make this happen. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm I'm the one that feels truly honored and blessed to be here. Uh, there's there's a big difference when you come onto a show show that you genuinely want to be on, and because you have so much respect for the person, and that's exactly how I feel. So, I'm very very happy to be here. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. And yes, there is a lot of mutual respect between us. And I know what you do for a living and your journey. I mean, the the biggest CEO you have in your life, your daughter you have, there's so many things. There's that's the thing that's probably one of the major reasons why I've been kind of excited for the interview. And I'm not saying that I don't get excited for all the other people that I bring on the show, but this is a different feel to it because there's so much substance 
behind you. And, and there's so many different layers of opportunity that will to bring the listeners a different way, a different perspective, way of looking at certain situations when it comes to, you know, I guess cultivation of silence, cultivation of self, you know, um, discovery, investigation of themselves and tapping into what, you know, goes course, it passes the court neocortex of the brain, right. And it slows down time and it ties into their subconscious and really laying into, and there's so much there, right. Um, I know that you've listened to a lot of stuff that, you know, I've done over the years and, and especially with the podcast, which I'm blown away by, I guess for the most part, and just to give people context on who you are and what you're about, I mean, how would you kind of describe yourself to someone that really doesn't know who you are, which is kind of shocking if they're, if they're on LinkedIn, they should know there's over 11 million freaking views and, and downloads, different things. But if anyone doesn't know you, I'm like, how would you kind of describe like what you do, what you're about and, you know, really communicating that to the world? Well, that's such a good question, Chris. I, I, I don't know why I still struggle to answer that question. It's probably because I don't just do one thing right, much like all mm-hmm. of us now. But I, I would say uh, to describe myself, so let, let's look at me as a human being first. You know, I'm, m- my life is for my daughter, Zara. She's like everything to me. And I genuinely see myself as a student of life. And that's how I've been living my life for a number of years now. I'm all about evolution and all about growing and they're like my my main goals when it comes to myself as a person. Uh, me as a business person, I love I love business. I, I it just excites me knowing that I can create something and build build something but but build something that could potentially you know, be a resource for many generations to come is like very exciting to me, you know, to be that person in the family, to, to break that, that pattern and, and actually do something that is going to be really uh, life-changing for the entire family is, is really exciting for me. Um, basically, I am known quite a lot for my inspirational, motivational content but also um, I run a, a company where we help CEOs and founders of companies. We do a lot of their digital branding and we help them become known in their space, in their industry. We help them become thought leaders. We do things in a very elegant, very sophisticated way, very different to a whole lot of other companies out there. Um, and it's a process that is really very much aligned to emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and how you communicate yourself through your social presence, but but with that emotional intelligence being very present and it allows people to feel connected to you uh, and really feel as though that they know you even though they've never met you. And that's really what we do for our clients um, and that's what my, what my company does basically. I also host my own podcast as well, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yes. But communication is a very big thing um, for me and so is education, inspiration. They're like my, my drivers. I don't even, that's probably, I've asked, you know, I don't ever ask the same questions when it comes to interviews, other than just kind of giving the listeners a little bit more in depth on who you are and what you're about. And I'm always excited about listening to someone's answer on how they kind of describe themselves. And I don't think there's ever been a little bit more of a more of an elegant way of being able to describe yourself. You touched on all the areas of your life that mean the most to you. And a lot of people talk about their you know, the accolades, I suppose, right? Of like, oh, what I've achieved. You didn't hit on all the things you achieved. You talked about all the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Well done. 
I mean, for the listeners, and I can't ignore right now, and I don't know if everyone sees this right now. I feel like my sister's like shining on me. That's why I'm when my my mom, and I, maybe it's just the way when my older sister passed away when I was young, and every time that she would see a light like beaming on me or something beaming on one of our kids, like my sister or my nieces or whatever, they would say that that's my soul and that's like our no. my sister like beaming down. I can't ignore that sunlight. So my mom's my mom watches yeah. every show. So when she sees it, she's gonna die laughing. But no, I can't ignore that mom. happening. Come. What's so your again, mom's name, Chris? What's your mom's um, name? Patricia. Patty. Hey, Patty. <laughs> She's probably like, hi. So I was just like, I was probably like, send me a message like, hi. So but just, you know, there's so much you've done. Have you ever considered yourself or anyone in your family has ever labeled you the black sheep in your family? Not this. Actually, no. I've always been labeled as the rock in the okay. family. All right. Not the black sheep. Okay. I got labeled uh, yeah. as both of that. That's the reason why I'm going to ask you, you triggered something. You talk about breaking the chains and usually the greatest of all time in your family, the one that breaks the chains is the ones either there's very, they're viewed very strong and they have so much strength in a the person they can lean on, or it could be the person they maybe both that they can lean on and they maybe are labeled as a black sheep because they have their own way of looking at life and their own way and their own views. They're not going to be, I guess you would say manipulated by someone else's beliefs or convictions or whatever, or opinions, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. be manipulated by it. They have their own strong mind. I think it maybe it comes from us being Tauruses and we're very strong minded people. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to tell me something. I'm like, where's the proof? I need to see it. So yeah, but, yeah. where's the proof? Let me experience it. And then I'll believe you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, let me put it. I have to, I have to be able to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what it is. I need to be able to experience it my own way. And then I do have a different way of looking at stuff. We, and that's a lot of things that we do. And another person that I interviewed is, was a Taurus woman. It was on a, you know, obviously the May side was Samantha Duran. And that was one of the best episodes for myself of really, you know, being in that vulnerable state or a comfortable state of being able to communicate and, and dig into the different layers of opportunity for the listeners. Because what I do for a living isn't this. You know, there's activities where I get paid for. There's activities, there's things that I do. And what I do the podcast for is my way of expressing myself to, you know, the audience. And what the, it's not about what they want to hear. I'm going to give them something they need to hear. And that's why I'm really excited about this interview. There's so much area of opportunity. And that's why I kind of let off with just by what you talked about, breaking the chains in your family. Let's kind of take a deep, like, let's go way back. And, you know, a young and I'm not saying that you're not young now, but like a, when you got into business and everyone just kind of like, I guess there's, there's kind of like really green when it comes to business opportunities. I mean, in what, like, what is your, what do your parents do for a living? I mean, what was your type of experience? Like when were you trying to like maybe exposed to in that business world on what you need to do as in to make money or provide a living for yourself? Oh my gosh. I got goosebumps as you're asking me that question. I remember from the age of five, Chris, I know that sounds crazy young. I mean, it is young, right? I remember at the age of five that money was important. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was the thing that separated people from one another. Yes. Because I could see the way that my father was treated and how we were treated because we just happened to be his children because he doesn't have money. So I wasn't growing up in, I wasn't brought up in a family where my, where we were wealthy in, in financial means at all. We weren't poor, but we weren't wealthy. We were, I remember just having that feeling of there was never enough. 
money, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of knowing that money was important was because there were definitely other people in the family that that are quite wealthy and were very were very wealthy at the time. I could just see that there's a level of respect and influence that comes with money. Now, I I feel that one of my strengths from a very young age was my emotional intelligence and I could just see what was going on around me. I didn't know the wording, but you can just feel it as yeah, a kid, either. right? You can I didn't either. It. You feel it. You can, it just... It's kind of like, and being my best way to kind of describe it, and to cut you off, but the best way to kind of describe that to people that really don't know what that really truly means. It's not just you being, I guess, in tune with your own emotions. Is that you see people, you see past people's words and their actions, and you look at their true intentions behind it and can sense that. And that comes from your intuition. That's what yeah. true emotional intelligence is to me, is that yes. I can read people very well and know when. Your intentions are pure when your intentions are really malicious. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one thing that I'm very naturally good at too is, is uh, you know, when you're a good judge of character and you just kind of like you just sense something about that person mm-hmm. and that's just one of those things for me. I know it's, I'm not, uh, you know, the only one that has it. There are many people that that do have that and operate using that as a, as a superpower. And for me, from a very young age, 100% listening to my intuition was always a big thing mm. for me. So at a very young age, I, I said to myself, okay, I need to make a lot of money. Like I knew that money was going to be the thing for me in terms of something that I was going to be focusing on. And again, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the truth. Like I remember even staring at myself as a young girl and saying, I need to do something to help my family, like mm-hmm. from literally as a little kid. So that was never, my parents never said that this is your responsibility or anything like that. I want people to know that my parents are incredible. It's just that myself as a child growing up, I could just see see all of that and, and feel the pain and see the pain. I just decided that it was my responsibility to fix it and to um, give my parents the best life possible and not let them endure that pain or that mistreatment or that right. disrespect or that segregation. Like it just never felt good for me. That's a real thing. And, and you know, it doesn't matter where you come from in the world and the people that I meet that come from a different part of the world. And as you know, just for the listeners, she's in Australia, but that's obviously where our culture comes from is Lebanon. And they're that type of that culture in a way of understanding what family's everything. And, and I don't want to get emotional, but when I look at my dad and I look at my mom, I look at sacrifice. Like my father, I've learned more from my father, which he's not an entrepreneur by any means. I mean, he's, but I looked at what he did in his life and what he's done for his kids, for myself, my sister, and provided us opportunities where he didn't have. And he sacrificed that. He sacrificed working two to three jobs on the things that maybe he didn't really want to do for a living just to provide and put food on the table because he had to pay for my sister going to a special place to, you know, for help, you know, and I believe that everything happens for a reason, right? It wasn't an accident. that The only place in South Carolina or in that area that, that they can take care and that care was right down the street from my mom and dad's house. You think that was an accident? No, it was on purpose. It was there for, it was there for a reason. So when you talked about your mom and dad, that second, I think about my parents. It's about sacrifice of what they sacrificed for me. 
So I owe it to them to give it everything I have and whatever I do. And I I could be a plumber right now. My mom would be screaming on top of the the, the mountains like he's the best plumber in the world. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. They just want me to be happy. And I'm sure it's the same way for your family. But you looking back on it, I look at it as me taking a step back and go, okay, how to really judge someone's success and what success would mean for me if God willing, if I make it to the at age and about on my deathbed and I have a choice and I get to experience this is seeing the impact that I had on other people around me, like my kids or it could be, you know, yeah. like whatever family. And that's how you really truly judge someone's success is what they, is what they produce and the impact that they make in people. And I think that's where Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest quotes. And only person I ever idolized growing up was Muhammad Ali. And just why, cause he was so deep. Mm-hmm. I didn't just so, so he knows now I, I didn't know he was Muslim at the time. I didn't know, like I had no idea, but he was so deep is the greatest current you can ever have and possess is the way that you, the effect you have on others. And, and he went as far as the, when you're here on this earth is the rent you pay. That's your yeah. service. It's your service. I'm when, and that, that speaks volumes to me on who you are and your upbringing and where you, and that's what's led you to this point now and the impact that you're making in the marketplace and a lot of different areas. And you mentioned your businesses and and what you do for companies and CEOs and giving them a little bit more visibility and standing out and using your emotional intelligence. That's what I look for with companies like you are the ones that they have a high emotional intelligence because that's going to speak volumes in today's marketplace now. Mm-hmm. It's not about sales anymore, making money, because yeah, money can be made if you have all those ingredients. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that? Those some of those attributes that you took from your childhood and some of your culture and your upbringing from your strong family, and you know, you going in, into this world and navigating through the waters is a, is a, is a beautiful young woman and going into business and in all these different areas and all the success you've had. What are some of those attributes and what are some of those things that you took and you transferred over into now? Uh, okay, so this isn't overly technical, Chris, so I don't know if this is what, hopefully this will help the audience. One thing that I've I've understood over the years is that you have to be really, really, really determined and mm-hmm. that determination is connected to something that means something to you. So it's not just the kind of determination that fades out, like it's like a, it's like a life mission, it's like, there's no other choice. Like this actually just has to happen. There's not, there is nothing else other than what I need to achieve. And, uh, and it's not because of being stubborn or anything like that. It's that's, that's the only, only option is that one option is to make it possible. And I'm happy to die trying. And, and that sounds dramatic, but that's the actual truth. I would be willing to die trying, even if I may not be technically successful, I'm willing to die to try. And that's that's the determination for me is that that's where that comes from. I feel that that's definitely one of the key drivers when it comes to really what's helped me sort of build the things that I have over the time. And even when I am working with, with CEOs or founders or even larger companies, if they don't have that determination or even that clarity around what it is that they're trying to achieve, that message will be lost it won't make any sense because it's not going to connect to anyone because they're not connected to it. Yeah. They don't even know what they're trying to achieve. So that clarity and that determination is very, very important. And you have to understand why you're connected to that as well. And it sounds a little bit 
maybe a little bit wishy-washy, but honestly, no, Kristen, you probably you probably come across this too. Like when you're when you're running a company, it, no matter how big or small it is, sometimes you get so caught up in the running of it that you actually seriously lose track why you're actually doing it in the first place. And the starting point um, with any of the work that I do is going back to the vision, the mission, and going back to that connection point. And going back to your question, having having that connection, that determination is super important. Honestly, I really, really do think that's what it is. And then again, just consistency. So it's not overly technical, but they're just to no, put I it love in it. very simple terms. I love it. And I didn't want, you know, of course, I mean, I never plan on the questions that I want to ask people. I just, it was just brought me to that the way that I'm just really curious because I, I think that's what podcasting is all about is getting on guests, bringing guests on and not just for, you know, of course, is for a message that for our listeners and, and people to really take in and learn from. Yeah, of course. But it's also just me picking the brain of someone that's, you know, thinks differently. You feel differently. You have different beliefs. You have different, you know, depending on how aligned they are to mine or, or whatnot and how the same, you have different experiences in life. And sometimes someone will say something to me and go, and I'm like, wait a minute. And it completely, I learned more in the past year in entrepreneurship of just interviewing people than I have in reading 1500 books in the last seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. There's great minds that I've, I'm blessed individual. And so are you just having some, having an opportunity to meet and you wouldn't have an opportunity to meet these types of people and making an impact in the marketplace and making an impact with these CEOs. If you didn't hold yourself to a higher type of level of standards and those shoulds and musts, like I, you mentioned something before, you know, real quick before we move on that, you know, that I'll be happy to be able to do it. You know, at least I'm able to leave it all on the floor and, and, and trying. Yeah. And that's yeah. what people don't do. It's like you, it's, there's, you know, Tony Robbins mentions this and I don't want to make it sound like a certain way, but it's, I can't describe it any other way. You have shits and musts, but it's a must. It's like, I, I have to be able to make this happen. It's not like, okay, this will be nice. It's a non-negotiable. Like yeah. it's a non-negotiable. Right. That's it. Non-negotiable. And, 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 and in my head, it has to feel that dramatic. <laughs> I don't know if it's the Arab it's only way. It's the only way it's, only way it's going to motivate people like us, that way of thinking. Yes, it has to feel dramatic. It has to feel like it, it's this or nothing. It's like, okay, because if I have, if I give myself another option, I know that I could potentially become complacent, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be. So, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real driver for me, 100%. Well, how do you stay so driven? Like what advice would you give someone to really get, I guess, go back through and rechannel things and, and re measure and reassess and, and to stay aligned with your core values and a mission and why you started this out in your journey in the first place. I mean, what are some advice in some ways and some tips on how you, and maybe some of the listeners will actually learn how to stay aligned with your true self and your inner self and the true essence of you? How to, how to stay aligned within yourself? Yes. Is, that, is that your question? Yes. That's such a big question. Um, you touched on intuition before. Mm -hmm. That's one way that you have to, that you can continue to feel aligned within yourself. Oh, if, man, that's, if, that's, if that's the question, sorry, if that's the direction that you want the question to go, I really, really feel that intuition is super important. It's so, so important and it's so ignored and it's not talked about enough because it just feels like it's some yeah. 
magical discussion that's not even a real thing but intuition is so, it's such a such a superpower and mm-hmm. Gary V he bases a lot of his his um business decisions on his intuition so I. I mean, you're talking about a very so successful business person he and he even says that he bases a lot of his decision making on intuition yeah yeah this feels good all right let's do it you know, and then you've got other businesses um, that are like analyzing analytics and historical performance and like doing all these studies, which I still think is really important, but intuition is really important. Another thing too is to really understand your value system because your values is what really drives your decision-making process. If you don't know what your values are, you're going to really struggle to really make those clear decisions as to what your next move should be. Mm-hmm. Now, we think that we don't, really have values or can't really articulate them but we really do we we do have a value system you just may not be aware of what they actually are and i highly recommend everyone if you don't know what what your values are there are so many free value exercises you can go online look up dr john d martini he has mm-hmm. fantastic resources online and he's he's great when it comes to values now The reason why values is also really important, especially if you're really unsure of what your purpose is is in your life. If you don't know what you're meant to be doing in your life, go to your value system and really decipher what they are. And uh, because if you know what they are and you go against them, that's when you fall into a really kind of like depressed, anxious, very empty state when you're in that kind of dark place. It's because you're not aligned to your values. And going back to your question, to be aligned to who you are, they're the two things. I mean, again, they sound a little bit like, you know, hippie-ish, but that's the truth. You know, you've got to listen to your intuition, which means you need to know you need to know who you are. You, you have to listen to yourself. You have to have that. You have to honor yourself and have that respect for yourself, and go, yes, I'm the best person that knows me and knows what is best for me. And then again, your value system. So, so I, I cannot stress enough how important your value system is. Yeah, man, I've asked a lot of people, and you know, in various different ways, you know, that type of question. Obviously, it's not framed the exact way that I would ask other people. Just you know, using you know, insert you know, attitude or insert emotion, insert you know, personality, and just frame it different ways. I'm touching on certain things, but I probably couldn't have. When I asked the question, I never like really kind of think in my mind, you know, what would be a best answer to that question? And I think that's probably one of the best answers that I've ever, however, I've kind of framed it because (laughs) there's so many people think about this team and like there's so many people out there in the world. They wake up and they get off, get out. They wake up, they touch their phone or they touch whatever. And they have these habits and these habitual habits that keep happening. And it's just forms our life. And then they get out to bed the same way. They go to the bathroom, they go get a glass of water, they go get coffee, they go get something. And they're always seeking external. Mm. And they never take, they never search for everything they need internally. Mm-hmm. Like you were, every person on this planet was born with unique and special gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's where change comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I've said, and I, and I know I've said this in other meetings in other trainings and, and stuff like that over the years. But that's where I become a little bit more aligned. And I had to take some, some really hard look at myself was I don't want any type of distractions in my sanctuary. And that's my room. Mm. Cause when I wake up in the morning, I want to 
that's where you know your your new cortex and that's where you're tapping into you're going into your archives and, and everything's slow it's kind of like when you're remembering like a car accident and you remember something when everything slows down that's when you're uh, an experience or, or a story because your imagination doesn't know the difference between you know future and past it doesn't understand it so when you're imagining that's why imagery techniques are important but when you wake up in the morning that's where everything's slow and you're trying to remember things and you're tapping into that other part of your brain you know pretty much the librarian or the person that's you know, sitting there going, all right, you give you this information that's deep in your subconscious. That's where I live. And the first thing in the morning is I want to really feel and then really investigate. And that's only done in silence. You need to block out everything. And that's when you really, and that's your intuition really speaks to you. But here's the problem that most people don't know is that they're controlled by all these other things and seeking for everything externally, listening to a book, listening to a podcast. If you're listening to a podcast and you very first wake up in the morning to me, you shouldn't. It's the only time that I probably say, don't listen to my, <laughs> listen to the show. <laughs> you need to be listening to yourself because your intuition, if you pay attention long enough, that little faint little voice will tell you exactly what you should be doing. Mm. And if you do it every day, it's a good chance you're going to live a fulfilled life and not go to the other side and you tell about the other side of it, going into depression you know, all this, and people are just, you know, they're so scared of fear, but fear isn't real. Nothing's real. Everything's an illusion. Suffering's an illusion. It's all an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like living mm -hmm. in the world. Listen to Russell Brand. You know, Russell Brand is obviously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. listening to his show. He has a podcast called Under the Skin, and I listen to it. I can consume a lot of content, only the right content, though. Like some of the stuff that he'll talk about, like I don't really deep and I don't sit at home and go, mm, you know, but <laughs> I mean, what works for people works, you know, what works for him, God bless him. But he was talking about it. He's like, you get to a certain point and you got to use your comedy at some point. You so once you see and you get to, you know, that situation of people like us, we've seen behind the curtain. We know nothing's there. Nothing's there. It's all an illusion. But what it's all an illusion. It's like success, whatever. And it's whatever that might be for you, but it needs to come from your inner self. That intuition mm -hmm. is going to lead you to everything you need to be accomplishing and need to be doing for yourself. And please go it's on. So, so I, I just, I just want to add to this illusion concept and it, we're digressing slightly if I talk about this, but this is just something I think would be so helpful to people that are, that are listening is that one of the other things that we base our decisions on is from memory and our memory is obviously a collection of events, whether it be a specific event from when we were younger and, and it could be a defining moment in our life where we've, you know, whether we decided to trust someone or not trust someone or whatever the situation may be. So I just want to quickly just touch on how important memories are and also how unimportant memories are as well. Oh, please. So, I'm excited. So, yeah, so we... If you're going to be making a decision, your brain will naturally go take you back to an event of most likely from when you were younger. And we think our memories are pretty accurate, even when we're when we were, you know, pretty young kids. Now we don't realize this, but our memories are actually constructed in real time. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're not what we think our memories are. So we think they're accurate, but they're actually not. So think of a, a jigsaw puzzle and think of laying out your, the entire, all of the pieces on, on the floor and you've put the, the pieces that you know where they're meant to be placed in position. 
Now there are all these gaps. Now those gaps is basically what your brain does when you're remembering a memory. It fills in those gaps in real time. So you're literally constructing the memory as you're thinking about the memory in real time, if that makes sense. And when your brain is constructing that memory, what it actually does is it, it you, there are many variables that we need to take into consideration. And those variables are, how are you feeling in that moment? What is actually going on in your life? How are you perceiving the world? How do you view yourself? Like, what is your self-belief? Like, what, what, are your, what is your value system in that moment as well? And that is what happens when you're filling in those gaps when it comes to those memories. Mm. So when you're constructing those memories in, in real time, you could just be in a really not in the best state, for example, mentally, and you're creating this memory in your mind and then you're building, sorry, then you're making decisions based on this memory and you could potentially stopping yourself from progressing in your life. And this is, yeah, self-sabotage. And this is just the, you know, the illusion concept that we were just touching on before is that even our own memories are not even accurate. So it's kind of like an illusion and we just fill in the gaps. And, And I think that this is such important information to talk about because not many people really understand how memories work. Thank you for adding more to that. And yes, you're 100% correct. A lot of people, they don't understand how to put those pieces of the puzzle together and understanding what a memory is. Sometimes your memories could come from a dream because you don't know the difference. And it's mm-hmm. a, and that's the, sometimes when people have, you know, those narcissistic tendencies and they, they tell themselves a lie or pathological lie, they tell themselves a lie and they start believing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. how they do it. They literally can go into their mind and their subconscious and tap into it the same way you would reverse engineer it to remove something and re-anchor a certain emotion for a positive way of reinforcement. Mm-hmm. They'll put something there as a reinforcement or something there that's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And it's a story they believe. You know, they do the polygraph. That's yeah, why that's I don't true. do all, all this polygraph test anymore because someone can go through and they can tap into their image technique and tap into their subconscious, rewire themselves and believe something <laughs> that never happened. So true. Yeah. And that's how to, that's how you beat a polygraph test. It's just, just so that's where everyone understands. That's how you, people can beat those types of things. Those sociopaths, narcissists, people, they believe that type of stuff. And I believe every person on this planet is born with narcissistic tendencies in that type of way and sociopath tendencies, but you're exposed to that and you and somewhere in, in your life, you reinforce that memory and reinforce that reinforce that belief or opinion. You turn it into a strong eviction because you got away with it. I'm like, I can do this because I get this outcome. And that's how people manipulate people for, you know, maliciously. That mm-hmm. word manipulate isn't a bad word. Manipulate, you can use it for a greater good. And manipulating the situation or manipulating, forming something the way that you need to form it. So that way that other person doesn't conform and follow suit and status quo. When I mm-hmm. use the word manipulate, it's not a bad word. When other people use the word manipulate, because when I say the word manipulate, if people are listening to this, you had one feeling just happen when I said that word. Yeah. That's the emotion and that's the story and that's the memory and that's something that you need to go through and reverse engineer and why you feel a certain way. Everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd love the way this conversation is going. I knew it was going to be a fire conversation, but <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this memory. So when... I remember, I can remember more vivid memories now, especially in the last like three years than I have probably in the last, you know, whatever, 30 years of my life. Mm -hmm. 
I remember more now because I'm, I'm a lot more aligned. You can go back through and see something you never saw or something controlling the situation in that memory. Like, wait a minute. Why am I feeling negative about this? Why, why am I feeling so negative about this memory? That memory was there to serve me, not hurt me. And yeah. you keep going in that same cycle. And that's putting together the puzzles and putting together things. Like, well, um, I think I can kind of like remember, um, it's an older movie now. Probably people, the listeners will be like, oh God, he's old as shit. Um, <laughs> uh, Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kushner before oh Ashton God. Kushner became yeah. Ashton Kushner, where he slows things down. That's what it feels like. Yeah. When you slow yeah. things down, going back in time and remember all the memories, that's what I feel yeah. like in the morning. Yeah. So much. And it's only done in silence, man. And people tell, they go, well, I need to me read more books. I need to get more knowledge. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to, I need a mentor. I need that. Yeah. These are all things that are important in life and success in your journey, but that's yeah. not the be all or end all, man. It's not, no. it's never going to stick for you. Go ahead, please. And it's just noise as well. Like books yeah. are great. Podcasts are great. But if you're not going to implement what you're learning and what you're reading, it's literally just noise and it's a waste of time. It really, really is. I'm not saying that reading isn't – I love reading and I love listening to podcasts, but this is why you've got to pick and choose what you want to read and what you want to listen to because you're not going to be able to implement everything that you listen and read to. But if you do implement some of it, then wait and see how, how quickly your life will change. You know, we kind of touched on this before we were recording, didn't we, Chris? So yeah. so yeah. it's important, you know, you were talking about a lot of the things that you've been really successful at is because you've made, you've implemented. So that information is is only valuable once you do something with it. So why why create more noise in yourself, in your own mind? And that can potentially create doubts too because in your head, you know, you could potentially having that negative dialogue and think, well, yeah, that, you know, that's not possible for me or I can't do that or implement and try and just see what happens and take action because that's really what's more important than actually reading the most incredible book in the world. It doesn't mean anything. Your life is a reflection on all the choices and decisions you've made up to this point. Mm. <laughs> However, However, because it's a cause and effect world, the greatest minds believe it's a cause and effect world. It's a cause and effect, repercussions. There's whatever, and it goes through life, right? But but there's the more that you know, I, the more that I investigate that type of way of thinking, and the more aligned I have become over the years, and the more things have become a little bit more clear for me to kind of see and visualize, and to for me to gain that knowledge, and not to really just maybe help me or serve me, for me to serve others, and me giving you know, off that information and me showing them through action and showing them through, you know, that proof and people want to see that proof. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, I you don't need to tell me who you are. I'll know who you are when I have a conversation. I'll know everything I need to know. And that's using my emotional intelligence. And that's how I really gauge a room or I really gauge a person. Or I'm really judging them for their character. I'm not really judging them. I'm just trying to figure out, does it align with mine? And you talked about yeah. Gary Vee making business decisions about his intuition. I look at the smallest things in the world doing business with people. I look at their nails. Why are they so nervous? They're chewing their nails or chewing it. Like I've always been not a nervous person. I've always been like more of an anxious person. We got to move. We got to move. We got to move. I never could slow down. I got mm -hmm. the, the nicest nails that I've ever seen in my life in the last year because I made <laughs> I an effort. I made it, yeah, no, I do it myself, but I made an effort to make sure that, you know, I'm not, I'm not. And uncomfortable moments, biting my nails or like, you know, not biting them nails. You ever seen the ones that bite their nails all the way off? Like, I would never do that. 
but I would just like clean them up. I would always just like becoming, you know, just a little bit more clean. Cause I've looked at someone's nails one time. They had no nails. I'm like, I'm not doing business with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you yeah. so nervous? Like, what are you really, yeah. what are you internally like, you know, battling? I mean, that's something that you need to kind of like work out, but going yeah. back to what you're saying about, you know, going and understanding these memories, but how much do you, when you come in contact with some of these CEOs and some of the people in business and even in the world of podcasting and what we do now and mm-hmm. interviewing people, mm-hmm. how much do you pay attention to the ones that maybe potentially self-sabotage themselves and their own results and they don't realize it? I mean, how do you communicate that? I know how I do, but how do you communicate that to them? Well, I, w- I can only really speak for the clients that I work with. How do I communicate with them? Well, I, I'm i just honest with them to, to, to be, <laughs> right, to be okay. the truthful. I'm just honest with them. I'm just upfront. I feel like I'm there for a reason. They've hired me for a reason and I'm not there to sugarcoat anything. And I genuinely want them to succeed. And... I will just show them what that pattern is and I'll I'll explain to them why I think this is a situation that they need to really look at reframing. Um, But I will explain to them that it's just a matter of just perspective again and just redefining um, what their definition of success is in terms of what that barrier is. You know, they just need to expand whatever that definition is because they'll be living in between these two lines, but it's just how do you expand that? And then I'll just basically go through that with them. It's so interesting because you would think that what I do <laughs> won't, won't require much like personal development type conversations, but a lot of the conversations that we have is around mindset. So mm-hmm. it's so interesting. And a lot of these CEOs that look like they have it all together they really don't. They really, really don't, right? And they, they, you know, people envy their, 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 you know, these people that look like they do. They've got, they've got great lives too. I'm not saying anything. You know, they've got the beautiful home and the the car and and you know the, maybe the beautiful wife or the good looking husband, whatever the situation may be. But they still struggle with a lot of things. They still have challenges. They're human beings. It's just that you know, this co- uh, conversation around, around being vulnerable, which is such an overused word now, but let's just use the it word is. vulnerable. Um, it's still not safe to talk about what you're not overly confident in or what your insecurities are or the things that you're fearful of because you just, if you talk about these things, you're, you're no, no longer seen as a powerful person which I do understand why people may think that and why people may not want to open up and talk about these things. But, you know, when I am working with my clients, if I pick up on something and I know they're just hiding it, and especially men, men are so good at doing this. Let me just say, and I'm you're not, you're not good at hiding it. They're good about, they're good about deflecting it or suppressing or, or moving away from it. That's what they're good at. And I'm not, I was, that's what I was good at of, yeah, I was yeah. very good emotional intelligence and doing it in a tactical side and tactical way of getting what I wanted. And also I'm doing it for the right reasons and my intentions were yeah. pure, but I couldn't do it in my personal life. Why? Exactly. Right, exactly. exactly. Go ahead, please. Yeah. No, exactly. And this is the, this is the thing too. Like I, I can go back to even my financial planning days. I don't know if you um, maybe looked back in my, um, will you, I'm I sure have. you already know, but for the audience, like I used to be in a financial planner for a long, long time. And a lot of, again, a lot of my clients were men. Um, They were running their own businesses, very successful. And the conversations that I would have with them, the things that they would open up to me with, not because I was better than their partner or anything, 
it was just this I can now that they, they were too worried basically to share their fears and their insecurities with their partners because they didn't want their partner to be worried oh, and wow. feel like something was going to happen yeah. in terms of their lifestyle or their children's education or you know what they just wanted the wife to be focused on the things that she and and we're talking about quite traditional you know um home lives here uh, which is, you know, which still quite happens a lot. So it's just in case anyone gets offended, it's, it's just that's just the majority of my clients are quite wealthy. The women didn't really, they were just home it looking after the eastern kids, part of the world. How it is. Yeah. Right, not to cut you off, the eastern part of the world, and just to let everyone know, I mean, they, that's where in the eastern part of the world is a lot more traditional, even still till now to 2020 or 2021, whenever you're viewing this. They're, they're still bought into that. It's a, it's a culture. It's how they were raised. It's how they're ancestors were raised is how they live their life now now that we're seeing that a little yeah. bit more of the western world of i guess you would say and i don't want to use the word infecting but it is they're you know i guess being a little bit more free spirited and free willed and doing whatever they want in their choices they think they, they have rights and that sense of entitlement bullshit which drives me insane but a little bit yeah. more eastern part they're a little bit more conservative and a little bit more time to say listen this is what we do and this is why we do it and this is only way that living so when you have husband and wife the wife is there to, I guess you would say, obey their husband. And, and, and that's their job is to sell them on why everything is okay. Well, they both understand what their roles are, you see. Yeah, exactly. This is what people forget is it's not a sexist thing. They they have come together on understanding what each person's role is. It's just like a business transaction. Let's just it put is. it that way. It's like you're coming into a contract. You're in partnership. This is your role and your responsibility or responsibilities and this is my role and my responsibilities and I think that's actually quite a respectful way and a beautiful way to live your life but going back to you know how men don't really open up and I think it's purely out of protection they just mm -hmm. don't want their family to feel like that their life is going to be in jeopardy in any way so the conversations that I would have with my male clients was really around a lot of their insecurities and their fears and they would never dare to open up about these other things, even with other men, because if another man were to be exposed to this man's weakness and they're in doing a business deal, that could potentially be used against them. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different layers, right? And, uh, and, and for me, I just always found that so fascinating that underneath this tough exterior, so many of these successful men were struggling and uh, and it just made me realize that nothing is what it really looks like. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent. It just isn't, and uh, and it just teaches you a lot about humans and just life in general. Mm. I, I I appreciate everything you just shared for a couple of reasons. One for a selfish side myself, and showing I guess when you were going through this. It's the first time that I have actually had that feeling of going, damn, I used to be that guy. Cause I was just, that was all about protection. I wasn't doing it to harm the other person or my family or my friends. I wasn't doing it to harm them and not sharing and trying to hold things from them. I was doing it for their own protection. Mm -hmm. like you don't want to know the shit that I'm under. You don't want to know the, the stress. You don't want to, you don't want to feel that. Yeah. And I wasn't vulnerable enough to be able to explain it because I didn't want them to think lesser of me because I've always been, you know, that rock in the family or the person mm -hmm. that, you know, 
that's been able to take on so much and he's so strong and give it, I don't want to give, especially the stuff that I'm going through now personally in my personal life, I give off the illusion that everything's fine. No, everything is not fine, but I'm mm. growing through it. And mm. that's me leading with my vulnerability and showing up. There's been people that I've met in my adult life have never met me. Mm-hmm. That was, I was putting out, giving that projection. I was putting it off and I was like saying, okay, this is who I am. And this is how I want to be perceived by you and mm-hmm. credibility or whatever that might be. It doesn't mean it wasn't me, but this one of the things when we very first met, you instantly saw through all the exterior and all the things and you went right and you felt that you went to the heart side of it. That's where the intuition was always good for me. People would, it would feel like, he would never do X, Y, Z, and I would never do it, but it's all about just situation or whatever that might have been in that time and judging people by That's why you always want to judge people by their intention, not by their action or by their words. And I, and the way that I was raised and bless my dad, I love my father. I love my parents. I love my upbringing. I love it all because it's taught me valuable lessons. But my dad, you know, he suffered from this, that he would say whatever the hell he wanted to say because he was getting me what it means. It stems from fear. And he was scared of what you're going to do, you're going to get in a car with your friend and go, he couldn't control those kids. And like when I was growing up, I couldn't go to my friend's house. They can come to my house, but I couldn't go to their house. It's the way I was raised. Are you sure you're not living in these kids? No, I might, yeah, I, people have told me this, but that's just the way I was raised because he could control the narrative, control the story at my house, his house. Yeah. He couldn't control everybody else. Protection. See, that's yes. protection, right? And that's yeah. the point that I wanted to make. And that's what I've learned from. And, now in 2020, this time of year, and this this the way of life, you know, there's a lot of trust, a lot more communication. And, and that's where I, I view it as a, a learning opportunity for myself to grow from. And, you know, with kids and, and family and, and you know, my nieces now of actually telling them what I'm afraid of. Hmm. Here's why. Here's why. And I tell I speak more to why than to you just do it because I told you to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure you do that with your daughter and explaining why. And I'm sure that that's something yeah. that you really, or I guess you would say if that's something that maybe you can share with the listeners in parenthood on how important it is now, even more so of people that are maybe are home and COVID or people in school and their young minds of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, how important it is to lay out that groundwork on explaining why. I guess you can speak to the listeners that are parents in that type of situation. Oh, wow. You know, firstly, I just want to say to all the parents, I know what you're going through. <laughs> you, you know what it's like. Right. So we're, all, we're all doing our best. We're all doing doing our best, number one. Uh, we're not setting out to ruin our kids' lives, but let's just face it, they will all go to counselling at some stage and blame us for something, okay? Let's just be real and accept that for what it is, okay? We're, we're all doing our best. All right, so I, one of the things that I... I really focus on with with Zara is um, intuition. You know, I know we've touched on it already, but let's say this whole this whole concept of why. I will definitely ask her why, but I'll also ask her this question. I will also say to her, "Hey Zara, you know that feeling that I tell you, that little little voice that you might hear inside of you, or that little feeling that you might have. What is that telling you right now?" And I'll always try and remind her to tap into that. She doesn't. I don't really use the word intuition. I get her to. I say, you know, what are you really saying to yourself? I mean, she, I can't say the word intuition. She's a big girl now. She'll know what it means. But I always go back to that because I want her to keep training herself 
to go back and trust herself and always I check in with herself all, always. That's always been a big thing um, in, in teaching Zara why, you know, because I want her to figure it out for herself. I can tell yeah. her why, but that's my perspective. I don't want to cloud her judgment. I'm, I'm very, very, I read this book many years ago um, called The Conscious Parenting or The Conscious Parent. I can't remember the yeah, name. Yeah, I've read it actually, yeah. Sabari, and it was such a such a great book for any of the parents out there that are looking to really understand how to separate yourself from your child and understand that we don't own them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually don't own our kids, right? Um, and they just happen to come through us. And we need to accept the fact that they are a separate individual. And as a Lebanese mom, that's actually very difficult to accept. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, like it's just there's this natural thing in me. It's like, well, no, you don't have any choice of anything until you're 65, basically. So there's, there's no, no independence. <laughs> as a little girl, you're not, yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially as a little girl and you know and it's kind of like my you know my daughter's so young and i haven't you know obviously what i'm going through and just the ones that actually understand this and they'll probably get what i'm saying you know i've chosen to especially during this time and this time where i'm able to have the time for myself to gain more knowledge in the same thing that i would do in a business world i just apply it to my personal life now and there's things that happened with you know my exes and and, and whatnot that I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for but i take accountability i take ownership for those actions and inactions and me, me not being able to explain what I was afraid of and that's in, and in showing up. Right. And for my daughter, I want to make sure that I'm showing up to help her and lead her to make the right decisions on her own in life. Like I'm not working as hard as I'm working right now because of me or my businesses. Yeah. They're all, these are all things that are important, right? Talk about values. These are all things that are very important to me. Yes. But the most important thing is my daughter's opinion of me when she's 35 or she's 40. Yeah. And I don't have that opportunity just yet to be able to start, you know, really taking a different approach when it comes to life. But that's God's way. It's God's plan. I believe it's God's plan. Like my older sister passed away. You know, I was raised around and my little sister. And then I have three young nieces. I was supposed to raise a daughter, mm-hmm. right? But I, I wasn't equipped to raise a daughter in that way of thinking because I was taking all the old things that I learned. And old, I can't, it's like I read a great book um, years, years ago. Is what got you here won't get you there. It's true. And I took that way of thinking and I just applied it to real life. So now I've read something to you before we hit record of something I wrote myself is I don't know the difference between work and play now. It's just what I do. It's, mm-hmm. it's about everything that I believe. And mm-hmm. that's something you raising a daughter and, and you, and just doesn't matter on what part of the world. But I think that's where a lot of parents right now, they're stuck at home with their kids and they're pulling their hair out because they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Like what advice would you give someone that maybe it's like half is forced to homeschool and they don't know how to deal with the homework and it's easy to put a screen in front of a kid's face, like an iPad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what are some of the things that I guess I don't want to, I don't know why this conversation went here, but why, why do you think that there's so many, I guess it maybe just the fact that they didn't want to just give them something, keep them busy and something to do and not taking a closer look internally. Like what advice would you give someone that maybe they feel, they know their intuition. They're telling them they, they know that it should be doing better. Right. And, and parenting, yeah, yeah. what yeah. advice would you give someone in that type of situation? 
Well, I've, I've been through that because we had a, a very long lockdown here and my daughter was being homeschooled. She was telling me yesterday, this morning, actually, 21 weeks of homeschooling. Wow. And uh, the first two to three weeks, I did struggle because my business still needs a lot of my time and attention. I can't yeah. just take three. I can't even take, honestly, I can't even take two days off without it being impacted at the moment. And that's the truth. I still need to be in it, right? So for me, it was like, how am I going to make sure she has my, and look, I have one child. I can only speak from my own experience. I don't have three. I really genuinely feel for the kids that have more than, uh, sorry, for the parents that have more than one, especially in different age groups. Mm -hmm. But this was my experience. I just said to myself, it is what it is. Whatever has to suffer has to suffer, but it's not going to be my relationship with my child. Wow. And it's not going to be um, putting her to the side and making one, yeah. her feel like she's in the way because she happens to be home. And it's not even just the homeschooling. It's the fact that she couldn't socialise. She was distant. She had to be physically distant wow. from other human beings and other children. So I kept thinking, this poor kid, she's 10. She can't go hang out with her friends. She's constantly on the screen, mm. not by choice. And at the same time, she's with me. Like, I'm not right. yeah, I know, yeah. And that's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And just the way that you're even to uh, maybe think of it that way of what she's going through, it speaks volumes as a, who you are as a parent, which is great. Go ahead, please. But we have to because, like, I get it. We're busy and we want to do all these things. But We've got to remember, this is like a real life. This is a turning point for them, not for us because we're adults. Like we can seriously move forward. Like mm -hmm. we just have to because we know better. But they're children. Like they don't know any different. Yeah, this is know. a really not – that it, not that it's not an experience for us too because it is, but what I'm saying is we're stronger. Like we're, we're, the, we're the parent here. Like we, we're going back to not giving yourself a choice. You don't ever choose to wake up and go, well, I'm not going to be a parent today. <laughs> That's not, right. that doesn't happen. Like no matter how much how you feel, you still continue to be a parent, right? So that's that was kind of the thinking that I had. I said, okay, Timmy, you just have to get over it. Like stop whinging. <laughs> you need to get over it, mm -hmm. and you need to just deal with it. And then surprisingly, once I got over that mindset, I honestly I managed my business grew. My my I I cannot tell you how much like my business just evolved. In, in that whole time, I was probably more efficient than I ever had been. There were definitely days where I was like, this is just never ending. It felt like Groundhog Day because I felt like I was working three days in one. I'd wake up early in the morning, work, do the homeschooling. There were definitely pockets throughout the day where I could do work, but there was no real momentum. It was like stop, right. start, stop, start, stop, start, right? And then when she would go to sleep, I'd work, and then I'd work to like 2, 3 in the morning. So it was like this continuous craziness of lack of sleep, but you just manage to like pull through. You just do. It becomes mm. part of your habit, part of the way you operate. Well, same thing in business. And, uh, yeah. Same thing in business. Yeah, you just exactly. applied your methods and techniques and what you did in business and made you successful. And you just took some bits and pieces and, you know, cultivated the right approach for you to be able to, you know, obviously build a life and create the life of your dreams for your daughter, like for your daughter, not just because of, you know, you being wanting to be a great mom or, have to do this or have to do that. You get to do it. And that's some of the 
the great things that I see on social media that you do post and you're so open and willing to share. And I want to touch on another part and I'll make a, a good pivot because I know that this is important and I wanted to make sure that I wrote it down actually too. The post that you posted about or a message that you shared and it was a post about like, I think it was what made me laugh because I know you personally and what made me actually like really chuckle is that like you people think this is a green screen behind me. This is a real backdrop. And you went back there with your heels, like stomping in your house. I'm like, see, and you're kicking around. And it really it made me die laughing. But so it's, how it was, it's about how you're, why it's important for you to not, you know, be presentable every day. Of course, everyone should be presentable every day. And we share the same views. And that's why I want to bring it up. My grandfather, you know, was He was on a tobacco farm in North Carolina. Okay. And they ran a tobacco farm. It was years when tobacco was obviously huge, right? And it had the big things. Before he went to the military and he had to go into the military. He went to the military, went to the Navy. Of course, he wore jeans when he was in the Navy and wore bell bottoms. And he made a choice and made a decision at the time. I'm never going to wear jeans ever again in my life. <laughs> Not that I don't wear jeans. I wear jeans. Okay. But I took something else that I learned from him. And I learned from my family and I learned from my dad and, and respect in the way that I was raised about a handkerchief. They wanted a handkerchief in your back pocket. That was for you. And you, take your other handkerchiefs. You always have a handkerchief on you for the ladies just because they start crying or whatever it is, or, you know, well, I don't know. It's just the way it is. It's about class. It's about the generation. And in his era, it was the last generation of a, of actual gentlemen, you know, of what I see now today. So like I made a decision a long time ago, like when I get to a point of maybe achieving the things that I want out of life and becoming successful, my own frame of mind, the only way of thinking and understanding is about watches and shoes and, you know, wearing a blazer. I don't walk out of my house without a polo on a collar. It's gotta be a collar shirt unless I'm running, going running or something of that nature. That's just my standards mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. And so when, even when I'm in the house right now and I'm obviously, you know, I don't have the studio that I have right now that obviously we're building and moving and doing all like great things and I'm blessed. But even now, like I get dressed every day and put jeans on or put real pants on because you, you know, like the way of the world right we now, you can't see, proof. you can't, yeah, you can't see, proof. you can't see, you can't see. So, that's but crazy. I wear real clothes every day because it, that's the way it makes me feel, not because of someone else. Yeah, that's right. It's the way yeah. it makes me feel mm-hmm. and it makes me not feel successful. It doesn't make me feel a little bit more credible. It doesn't No, mm-hmm. it makes me feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. of myself and looking back of, you know, I didn't always wear, you know, a $30,000 watch, you know, stuff like that. doesn't mean anything to someone else or me. It means something to me. Yeah, that's right. I don't wear it because of me, everybody else. I wear it because of me. Yeah. Like rocking a blazer with a nice like pinstripe, whatever that might be. It's just, I'm, I'm always been a guy with fashion, right? I think most Italian people are, but I'm a fashion or <laughs> But I love stuff like that. I, I see people like men wearing like new balances and shit. Like you're wearing dad shoes. Like, are you, are you the billionaire freaking Apple, you know, like founder? Like, why are you wearing this book? Like, why? Because I see it a lot in entrepreneurship. They're so relaxed. And of course, yeah, you want to be individuality yeah. and all that other stuff. But your message that you were sharing, and I know it's a more more long-winded type of frame, why do you feel the way you do and how hard is it coming from a woman, a woman's point of view of always being underneath a microscope? And that's different for women than it is for men. You're a little bit more of underneath a microscope and they're going to pick you apart. Yeah. How difficult is that to really live and like be authentic with what you wear and what you're putting out and presenting? Because that's who you are. Yeah. I know that about you, but how hard is that to communicate that in the marketplace today? 
Well, when I first started to create content, um, I never created content before. And I, that, um, and I mean video, for example, initially. That's how I started to create content. And when I first started to do my videos, um, this is the truth, Chris, I was like so insecure in the beginning as in I was like I'm not 25 I'm not this like young cute Instagram influencer I'm not like overly bubbly like this is the way I'm speaking is the way I speak like this mm. is just who I am you've spoken to me plenty of times to know this is the real me right and so I'm like how am I gonna like what am I gonna do about myself and I said okay well you just have to be yourself and being myself is dressing up the way I normally do showing up with my hair and makeup and speaking the way I do and all those sort of things. I said, okay, so I've, I've got to stick to who I am and not be anybody else. So from the very, very beginning, that was a decision that I made. Now, I didn't realise it was going to be such a big thing. I was like, and I still get criticised by the way I look. I Maybe not always publicly, but I get direct messages from people telling right. me quite negative things about why I put makeup on my face or I need plastic surgery or, you know, you're fake with the way that you show up. But they just don't get that this is literally, like if they would just happen to accidentally met me on the street, they would be like, oh, that's actually who Tima is. Right, right. So in the beginning and sometimes I still, it does affect you a little bit. But for me it's more about my message and why I'm actually putting this message out so that's really what gets me over that and really just pushes me through but going back to what you were saying I've always felt that clothes are such an incredible way to be able to 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 give yourself that ability to be that person you want to mm. be and as I mentioned in that video I do tr dress for my future self this woman that I'm really striving to become every single day. And this woman that I talk about, I'm evolving to be this woman. But once I do become that woman, I come up with this other version that I want to become, you know, mm -hmm. a better version, a, a more of an evolved version. So I'm constantly growing and I'm constantly evolving. And I'm always dressing for this woman. And this woman, she commands attention. She's mm -hmm. powerful. You know, that, she that's wants that's the that's the message that I wanted to get out of you, and I'm I'm proud of myself right now. Just to <laughs> is that you're proud you of yourself, you right? <laughs> that, no, 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 no. I'll let you finish. That's that's who you are, and yeah. that that's what you can see through all the smoke and mirrors. You know yeah. when someone's supposed to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you're not like if you're wearing workout clothes, if you're not wearing and you're not putting on that. The people say that mask, it doesn't matter what mask you put on. It's who you are behind that mask is actually that. And I love yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and it's, it's very dangerous to be somebody else because what happens is if it's not even just about what people think when they meet you, it's such a letdown. I don't know if this has ever, ever, ever happened to you. I can tell you being online has taught me more about human behavior oh, than anything it's else. It's disappointing. And actually, it actually, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I get so deflated when I meet someone that I thought was here. Yes. And I'm like, yes. What happened? Like, like what happened? Yeah. Right. Like, who? What, like, Why what didn't you tell me happened? the truth? Why didn't you tell yes. me the truth? Because when you think about it, people have invested so much time into this person even on their own time and imagination even our own time yes, and imagination yes. thinking about things yeah exactly right so mm -hmm. i want people to feel like they've met me without having even met me before 
I really want them to feel like I'm their friend. And to be that, I need to be myself. Like, why else would I be? Who else am I going to be? It's just too hard. So going back to that video, the reason why I did that video, just to put things into context, I get a lot of those questions. You know, Tima, do you always look so polished? Is your hair and makeup always done? Is your background always perfect? So I, I, after two and a half years of creating content, I'm like, okay, I think I need to answer this question because Mm -hmm. I was constantly being asked. So that also stems from, I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but about 10 years ago, my first business was setting up a fashion label and I created a fashion label from scratch. And this whole, this whole um, label was around this corporate woman that didn't want to look like a man. She wanted to embrace her femininity and she sees this as a superpower. And that's exactly how I saw myself in in the corporate world. Uh, And I wanted to look feminine and I wanted to feel powerful in my own skin and being a feminine woman because I'm not an alpha. I'm not this masculine woman and I don't ever want to be. I want to be feminine and that's just how I've always operated. And I've always seen that that's one of my um, standouts gifts if you like and I feel that there are a lot of women out there that feel like being feminine is actually not a good thing and they try to be this alpha masculine version of how you embrace it and how you use it it's how you use it if you use it for your own advantage and if it's you know intentions aren't you know obviously malicious or trying to get something out of someone for you know whatever right and I've seen a lot you see a lot of that you see a lot of that but go ahead Yeah, so it's just, again, going back to our earlier conversation, being aligned with who you are. So I created this fashion label and I literally was designing my dream collection, Mm -hmm. really, in the corporate world. So I really have always taken that throughout my entire career, even before, like when I first started my, my, when I was, when I first started working full time at the age of like 19 or 18, whatever it was, I was crazy from such a young age that I always wanted to dress the part. I always wanted people to respect me. And one way was through dress because mm. naturally if you walk into a store and we all know this, if you look a bit sloppy-ish, people don't take notice. They don't even think you and, – and look, there are a lot of very wealthy people out there that look like they literally have no money but that's just how they dress. But if you walk into a store, you are treated differently. If you walk into a bar and you're a male and you've got a suit on, you will command women's attention mm-hmm. compared to a guy that walks in with sneakers. And there's nothing wrong with sneakers, by the way. Just, just to put it out there. Yeah, just and don't for, like a New Balances with a big white sock. <laughs> you just don't like New Balance. So, <laughs> like man, like it's like wear like man jeans, you know, like the dad jeans, I guess. <laughs> you know, like you know what I'm talking about. So, of course, yeah. of course, and I completely agree with you. But when someone dresses the part, you feel the part too, and it just gives you that confidence, you know. Gives and a lot of edge. women, would, would, what was that? Sorry, gives you your edge in your own mind because that's where it starts in the first place is being if people don't lack self-confidence that's the one way that you're able to overcome but you need to own it and and you dress you you dress for the future self yeah that's right and it inspires me right it makes me it reminds me of this woman that i'm always trying to become like Mm -hmm. why wouldn't i dress like her that's that's what i want to be and for me it's that's how i want to show up you know in my meetings in my conversations for myself, like when I look at myself in the mirror. So it's not about being vain and it's not about, you know, being like a fashionista. I, I don't care. I mean, I've, I love, of course, I love labels and things like that, but it's not even about that. I don't wear anything for anyone else. It's purely 
tapping into my own power because when I walk into a room, I want to know I'm going to own that room. And that's not because of what I'm wearing. It's because of how I'm wearing it and what it means to me. And and if you're aligned to that, you're going to give off the frequency that you shouldn't be messed with. You know what I mean? Or you're going to, you're going to give off that. You're going to give off. Yeah. You're going to give off that energy. Like I've been in like some board meetings and recently, right. And I'm Mm -hmm. just blessed to be around these type of people. And you think that, you know, and of course, I mean, I guess it's just a part of, you know, the journey and it's part of the the whole, the path you need to take in, in, on, in your own way. I mean, I used to, if you take a step back and look at who they are individually, these people are some major players in the industry, right? But the higher that I'm getting and the ones that I'm having conversations with, I'm starting to realize that I'm, a, you know, they're speak to me like they're inferior to me, you know, like they're. They want, they're not looking to try to gain something from me. They're just looking to just want to be a part of the journey with me. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I want to be around. But then I have the other mm-hmm. ones that want to get one up me or, you know, because I have never met a truly wealthy person and a very successful person that kicks yeah. someone while they were down. A hundred percent. I totally never. agree with you. There's so many misconceptions about, you know, rich, wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we kind of touched on these two, like, um, uh, I interviewed Grant Cardone for my podcast and he was so nice to me so so nice so apologetic for being a little bit late and was like do you want any water and do you want to sit down I've never had that from and I've he was probably the most financially wealthy person I've ever interviewed I've interviewed other wealthy people that were not as not as yeah. everyone's, yeah. everyone's not what you see on the internet everyone's yeah. not what you see um, right. and they're not what so they're seeing. And sometimes they got to put on that mask and sometimes they put off their perception, but those are the ones sometimes that they don't get, they do a lot of that self-investigation or and, and realignment and rechanneling and all these different things and being yeah. true to who they are and their core is what they do. It's like, I like to pay attention to people's look on their face. And when they see someone else to see that they're they're they, you know, have value or they look at them like they care about that person. That's when you truly know someone. Yeah. Look at someone's face when you I've seen um there's a picture that I've seen of um not that I'm a big uh, movies guy watching the Oscars. Um Kate wins like when the Titanic, right? And uh Leo. Like when both of them they showed a picture when the, both of them won, the other person in the audience was just like so excited and they were crying because they were so happy, genuinely happy for the other person. Mm-hmm. Because they know the story and they know the struggle and they know that that's how I view people that I'm closer to. Like, I'm so proud of them. You mentioned that earlier. I was talking about some of the things that I have coming up in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people will look back. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Well, that's just part of my, I'm just moving, you know, and I appreciate (laughs) the kind work. So that does mean a lot to me that when people do recognize the hard work, they recognize, you know, the dedication, they recognize when, when people put in situations, like I'm going to break whatever situation before it breaks me. Yeah. Like, I, and that's a competitive advantage. And we can kind of like go with that. I know that we're, you know, getting to closer to time and I want to talk about the, you know, the podcast and I can't wait to come on your show and <laughs> the, the, the success that you've had. And it's not like you haven't, you've been on TV, you had it on TV show at one point. That's how we met one of our, well, Belinda, if she's listening, Hey, Belinda, Hey B. But if mm-hmm. you know you had a TV show at one point, you had your own podcast, you've went from that fine, fine fashion, and I'm not going to get into some of the goals, which I know personally about you, what you're overall trying to accomplish in life. And I know mm-hmm. that about you, <laughs> royalty, by the way, um, when you're getting to that point and why, I guess, um, let me kind of frame it this way. 
and I love the name and I'll let you say the name. I'm not going to say the name because I really thought it was powerful when you mentioned the name of the podcast. Why the rebranding of the mm-hmm. show? And that's mm-hmm. the most beautiful part about visualizing something in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And it comes from your intuition, right? And it comes from what your needs and wants and desires and the things that you really want in life. Why come out with the podcast and why did you name it the way that you named it now and why the message? All right. So my first podcast was named after me. So Tima, <laughs> Tima, the yep. podcast. The podcast yeah. And that's right. It's such an original name. It took me hours to come up with it. Like, how do I, what, what name do I, I come up with? You, right? I ask, like, how Tima, long did it take you to come up with that? Podcast. <laughs> so funny, right? Now, when I, when I set up that podcast, that was literally probably the time when I was really transforming in terms of I, I sold my financial planning business and I literally, that was like the thing that I left everything for was my podcast. Now, why have I rebranded it? Because I've evolved so much as a person, so much more than what I did even from that starting point. And the podcast, I had a bit of a, a moment earlier this year, I was interviewing someone and it, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Chris, or anyone in your audience who has a podcast. It was a moment of like, oh, my God, I wish this isn't happening, but it was like the best thing that happened to my podcast. Mm-hmm. I was asking away, asking questions, and I had a really fantastic guest on, really super successful business person. And I had this moment of, oh, my God, he, I think he's really bored. I don't think he's enjoying this interview. How am I going to? How, how am I going to make this work? And I was, I could just feel it. And I, I've never panicked in an interview ever, but I panicked. And that's because I knew that I had lost and I, I couldn't, I just wasn't sure if I could get them back. Mm. And I was thinking, I sound like everybody else right now. This yeah. podcast sounds like everybody else. Why would anyone listen to my podcast when they can go look this person up and listen to him on Lewis Howes or Tom Billy or Tim Ferriss? Yeah. Whose who's team are the podcast? And I thought, I'm like everyone else right now. And I had this like real epiphany about one, I felt so guilty because this person's invested time in me out of their life, like a super crazy busy schedule to spend time with me and I'm asking them same same questions like how does yeah, oh my god you're speaking my language time? right now oh my god and it's what led me to what I've you know built over the built recently but go ahead please love yeah, this yeah and and I'm like okay Tima like you've got to do something here I tried to make look if anyone listened to this interview I don't think anybody would be picking up on this they would still love the interview and that's the truth but in my head i was like this is not good enough Tima. this is mm-hmm. this is disrespecting your guest this is disrespectful to you as as a person and your vision and this should not be happening and you need to do something about it and so i'm like okay so what am i going to do the interview was over i had a really really deep think about it i said okay my whole show has to change this is not aligned mm-hmm. to me this is not aligned to my vision and really what I'm setting out to achieve. And I don't want to sound like anyone else. Like it, it, I don't want to sound like anyone else. I want to ask the questions I want to ask. And I've always felt that in my interviews. There are so many questions that I wanted to ask, but I held myself back mm-hmm. because they could have been too personal. They could have been whatever. So this is where the new podcast comes into it. I was thinking about, well, how do I want this show to be? And I was really questioning myself. What do I really want to get out of it? 
how am I going to set myself apart? You know, what do I really want to achieve from this podcast? And uh, and this is where the, the name Deconstructing su- Success comes from. And I thought, what is my thinking style? And I'm always deconstructing. I'm, yeah. I'm always, in a way, interrogating people with questions. Um, and, Even did that and the I first really- time that we had a conversation. Like, I'm sorry if I'm asking really personal questions. I mean... <laughs> I do, but I'm like, no, I get it. I do the same thing. Like I do the same thing to people. I ask really not personal questions, but I ask them just a curious mind. Yeah, that's right. What led you to making that type of decision? And then I'll start going down this hole and I'm like, I don't realize what I'm doing. And that's where the women effect, that's where it started at. That's what I do with people and companies and corporations. And now I'm just doing it now that I've went through the, you know, whole journey. And now that I'm interviewing guests, I'm just showing you how it's done now. Um, exactly and i'm so i'm so mm-hmm. interested in how people think right mm-hmm. I, if i could just pull someone's brain apart and really get it like that that's really the concept of of the actual show can i ask one question on that of what course, is your yeah. thought what is your th- thought process of approaching the show and is there are some things that you look for in the marketplace and their stories and what they're talking about it's like how can i get to a deeper level like, mm. and I'm not going to try to like, you know, put to your mouth. yeah. So what is that, what does that process look like for you when you're approaching, I guess you would say, you know, any meeting to me is big. It doesn't matter what they do for a living, but how do you approach that? Okay. How do I approach that? I really tap into my, my ability to build a connection with someone mm. and I really want them to feel safe with me and trust me. And, uh, and talking about that word manipulation, I don't think it's a bad word either. You want to give that person and, and influence them in a way that they, they can completely trust you because I'm going to represent them in the best way possible because they're on my show, not for me. I want to make them shine. It really, mm. really is the truth. I want to showcase who they are. And I want to showcase parts of who they are that may never that they may never have had the opportunity to talk about and they want to. But we're all so fascinated with how did you make the twenty billion dollars? <laughs> yeah. What if they don't want to talk about million dollar question, anymore? right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah like, we really, and I feel that also as humans, we want to connect with people, and and we really want to feel like they're at arm's reach. And sometimes, sometimes we think we can try to resonate with the billionaires or the multi gazillionaires out there. But if they're not shown in a light where you can resonate with them, how do you build that? bridge and 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 manage to 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 remove that gap between the listener and the person that's being interviewed and so I felt like that's really my my role is I need to do that and and I know I can do that and the way I do do that is by really building that trust with that person and I definitely have um again we touched on emotional intelligence. I feel that that's definitely my one of my strengths, mm-hmm. and I feel that people just naturally they do trust me, and it's just always been the case. It's always been something that has always been in terms of the way I've communicated with people. People have always opened up to me, and I know why and i i I know that they trust me and and I use that in the best possible way, of course, because I genuinely want anyone that is on my show is there for a reason. It's not because mm-hmm. they're super famous or it's because I genuinely believe in what they're doing and i and it would be like an honor for me to have them on the show. So if I can showcase them and and really honor their presence and do it in a way that's different, like that yeah. would be amazing, yeah. 
It's like, what would you, and, and some of the things that I do ask people, and I, we have very similar views, which is kind of weird um, in certain aspects, and I'll, and I'll get to it. A lot of people, they're not going to think about it that way. And, you know, of course, we owe it to our listeners. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to them. And, you know, we're disrespecting them by the lack of questioning skills and using it and showing your empathy, you know, being a little bit more empathetic of what they're going through. Like, I'm a, I'll am sit back and I'll look back and I'll write down three or four different ways on what I really want to extract from the listener. And I only write down three to four because I want to ask a lot of funnel questions and get to me where and then I'll start going in in a very non-judgmental way. And I'm just curious, the best way to really get someone to trust that you're there for them and you're and they're, you're there for them for the right reasons is just really be interested in what they're saying and what they're not saying and really not putting words in their mouth. And, and that's where a lot of times when I'm on this show and I'm, and I'm talking, when I'm talking, I'm just framing it for the listeners to understand it a little bit on a deeper level. And then I'll find the right question to ask as I'm framing it and then I go, boom then right back mm -hmm. in. And mm -hmm. it's, that's my way of showcasing what you're talking about is me framing it and explaining it. Right. That's my way. And then I'll use, you know, of course I use my own story a little bit, not to overshadow yours. And sometimes I don't even talk about the things I have accomplished. I'll just talk about framing it for people to really grasp what you're really talking about, the real deep message behind it. And they'll go, Oh, I didn't think yeah. about it that way. Cause I've been yeah. on, a, you know, I've, I've listened to, I consume a lot of content and I'm sure you do as well. I know what not to do and what to do. And I've listened to some of the guests that actually come on my show. They, they don't talk, they didn't talk about the same shit that they talked about all the other shows, but they so talk a different way. Right. I can think from experience, you know, you're definitely asking me a lot of different questions that I've never really ever answered on other podcasts. And I completely understand what you're saying. It's a, it's a very real experience for sure. And I've been interviewed many, many times. So you're doing an incredible job. So thank you for making this experience really good for me. <laughs> I wasn't searching for, yeah, I wasn't searching for a compliment. I probably should. I was looking yeah, for a like, testimonial right there. <laughs> <laughs> testimonial. But I know I'm going to be conscious of the time because I know obviously where you are in the world. And, and you know, it definitely had the sun go up above the building right here and it had shining a light on me. And I know it's, you know, getting late and you have to get, you know, get yourself back to neutral and being ready to serve when you wake up in the morning and putting putting yourself in the best course of action, get to the outcomes and the targets and the chase and the things that you're chasing. Right. And I love that about what you, what you said for the, just for the listeners to really hear it again. And I'm going to put it in my own words, a paraphrase here. She's chasing her future self. That's her target. She's not chasing money or businesses. Yeah. All these things mean something. They have value, but what she's truly after is seeking her best self. And I, I love that message. I'm, I'm just, I'm so honored to have you on the show. I, I'm, I'm, I was looking forward to it. And I know on a subconscious level now why I was looking, really looking forward to this. I think I sent you an audio note one night, but when I was getting off work and it was, just, that's where I wait until it's like around like seven o'clock my time. That's when you're waking up, I guess. Like, yes, yo, I don't know why you're taking so long to book in for this. <laughs> you're running away from me. But you need to get on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. right. You know, just, just, just playing hard to get Chris. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. I was like, I was like, yo, get on the show. Like you're missing yeah, out. Like I need, I, I just like, I felt like I was doing the audience a disservice because, you know, we've been, you know, obviously mutual friends for so long. We've, you know, we've had other mm -hmm. connections and that's what's led us to our friendship. And, you know, I'm looking forward to many, 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 many more conversations between us and 
all the things that I have. I mean, my life is your life and whatever I, whatever you see, whatever the guests that been on a show of, of mine that you haven't met yet, I want you to kind of like, just let me know. Like, is this kind of hard for people like us? I don't ever ask for anything. For any- I never <laughs> ask for anything. It's so true. Right. I'm like looking going, yeah, I need to listen to this. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> right. I'm the only person I'm actually open to ask for things from is my sister. I'm like, oh, can you give me a sweet tea? Can you give me this or whatever? That, that all I ask for her. And she'll tell me to go yeah. screw myself. That's what I want to feel. That's what she pulls me back down to ground zero. I just, if I, I want to... If I feel like I'm like flying high of accomplishments and people are like, oh, Chris, you're amazing. La, 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 la. You can buy into that bullshit. I call her and so she, she remind me real quick on I ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for family, right? I love it. But um, anything, I mean, like for where's the best? I mean, that's the only question I hated to end. I mean, I'm going to put it all in the show notes and my team will put this all together for you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so any sure. kind of links, but like for the last kind of I mean, that's what I'm saying. You don't really need to tell, tell people where to find you. I will put it there. Okay. But and that just okay. waits like 30 seconds, but I like to leave it for this. It's everyone. I don't know. If people maybe I, I know I do. I want to think about like my last words or the last message I want to be able to deliver. What would that be like for you? not just for the listeners who are listening to this, like what message do you really want to leave on the world and like leave your print? Like what, what, what does that kind of like sound like for you? What message is that? My initial response to that is the only way I can leave my imprint is through my daughter. Mm. And my words would be to her. That's the truth. My words would be, probably along the lines of things that I usually always tell her is that I always want her to be completely in love with who she is and have a real sense of peace within herself and to always feel that sense of peace within herself and to always have faith and to keep moving forward. Mm. They're the words that I always tell her. And I feel that that's the only way that I can really make a difference in the world is, is through, not that it's her responsibility, but, it, it really does go from human to human, yes. if, if you know what I mean. Does that's such a beautiful message, and I'm I'm sure Zara, she, I'm sure she'll live and die by those words. You know, <laughs> um, and I think that's another thing. And a side point, not to get emotional, but that's another thing that I think about with podcasting. It's documenting my journey and documenting my growth, like my story. That's what the podcast is all about, and I don't. I never thought about it that way until someone shone a light on it. I'm like, you know. God, I mean, it's going to happen. We're all going to die. Okay. I mean, there's newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, we're all going to die. We are. I know. It's so a, some of us are going to go sooner. Some of us are going to go later. Um, whatever that might be, whatever you're destined for in life. But this is my way. It's something my daughter will always have or my friends or my family or people like still living through like, damn, I go back and listen to some of my old shit that I did a year and a half ago. I'm like, what the hell were these people like doing? Like why? I don't like to. But I see the reason why I feel that way is I see the growth, mm-hmm. but they don't see it. This might be good for someone on that type of level right there or wherever mm-hmm. in the spectrum. Right. Yeah. So, and you got to blaze through these levels. That's where I'm going to be, you know, so much more powerful. I'm sure you in the same way your daughter's honor is. I'm sure the same way is that you're going to go all through these levels and she'll be there with you in a journey. Of course, she'll experience it in her own way of understanding, but then you're able to explain the why. Mm-hmm. behind you're doing this and you're leading by example. A lot of people say, I got to lead by example. That sounds great when you put it on a t-shirt and you're thinking leadership, 
but do they understand why you're going through it? That's why. And once they understand that why, then then you can just reverse engineer the what and the how and all that good stuff and leads to the end result. But yeah, I appreciate everything and that, especially that last message. That's so beautiful. Um, I'm just anything you need from me. I appreciate you know every conversation or you know whatever way, um, text message, you know, audio notes, emails, I don't know, communication on social media, but you've always been a huge supporter of the things that I have going on, even the people that are connected to me. And I appreciate everything that we're going to be doing in the future together. And, you know, definitely anything you need from me, we're open book. I feel very blessed too. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. Guys, y'all be well, be safe, be you. (laughs) Just go win, man. Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Y'all take care.